you're telling me the biggest threat to Miami next season is Miami? You are Locked On Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host of Locked on Canes, University of Miami alum, longtime South Florida radio host, including pregame and postgame on the Miami Hurricanes radio network. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen each and every day. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. Very happy to welcome in a special guest for this one. We'll also be reading some of your tweets, but man, anytime I can talk to a friend of the show like this man, <laughs> it always brings a smile to my face. Gabby Yerudia, who does a kick-ass job covering the Canes and covering recruiting for 247sports.com and inside the U.com. Gabby, good evening to you, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, Dono. Appreciate you having me on. As as always, always happy to join the show. Always, my friend, always. So listen, I, I want to start, Gabby, with some of these Twitter interactions. We like to do Twitter Thursdays here on Locked on Canes. Nice. And Sounds good. I threw this out there, and I wasn't disappointed by some of the cockiness and bravado from the Canes fans. Because listen, uh, Miami has only outright won the Coastal Division one time. They've only played in one ACC championship game. There was another year under Al Golden where they had a share of the Coastal, but they self-imposed a postseason ban so we're talking one ACC title game appearance uh, since joining the conference in 2004. And yeah, there's a lot of optimism heading into this year with Mario Cristobal and all the work that's being done. So I threw this out there on the Twitter handle and you can follow us at Locked on Canes. Who's the biggest threat to Miami in the coastal? Who's going to be the biggest roadblock? And the first couple tweets that came in, Rodney tweeted to us, the Canes' biggest roadblock has been the same for the last 17 years. It's the Miami Hurricanes. LM Sports Talk tweets to us, Miami's biggest threat is Miami. He says, do a better job tackling and running the ball. Miami will beat every coastal team by 10 points, he said. So before I read some more of these, Gabby Yerudia, uh, real talk here. Unless you do think yeah. Miami is the biggest threat to Miami, the Coastal Division, uh, it's the most unpredictable, I think, in all of college football. Like you, I think outside of probably Duke and Georgia Tech, I think maybe anybody on paper could win that division this year. Who do you think in the Coastal is the biggest threat to the Canes? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I can buy stock in some of that, that Miami might be the, the, their biggest roadblock, their biggest competitor. Um, I, I think there's something to that where Miami's gotten in their own way. Um, more than once in the coastal, but uh, you know, aside from Miami, who I personally feel like is the best team on paper in the coastal, I mean, I think you can't look past uh, you know, a North Carolina type where you know, I feel like you know, they they went into the transfer portal, got a bunch of pieces on defense. Uh, Noah Taylor from Virginia is a is a linebacker type, honestly, kind of hindsight. I kind of wish Miami really went after, um, you know, six foot five long type, kind of like a, you know, we were talking about Eric Gentry from Arizona State, kind of like an Eric Gentry light that has like 28 and a half tackles for lost over three years in the ACC Coastal. So could have been someone that helped. I, I like that addition for North Carolina, Legend Cavazos and uh, Jacoby Kowan, a 
couple, um, you know, Ohio State defensive players that, you know, North Carolina added to their roster. And then, hey, man, they signed the five-star quarterback a couple cycles ago in Drake May. So I, get, I think we're going to get a taste of, of what that new North Carolina offense is going to look like with him running the show. Probably not going to be Sam Howell-esque, but never really know, haven't really seen him. Uh, Josh Downs, I believe, to be one of the most uh, electric playmakers in the ACC. If a guy named Jordan Addison, who I'm sure uh, we'll talk about later, wasn't in the oh, conference, I think, uh, I, think, I think Josh Downs would be far and away considered the most electric wide receiver. So I think North Carolina has the most pieces, um, you know, Virginia tech with Brett, uh, Brett Pry, uh, you know, coming, coming over from Penn state. I think, you know, I think that makes them interesting. They added a grad, uh, I'm not sure if he's a grad transfer, but they added a, a transfer quarterback in, in Grant Wells from Marshall that's thrown for nearly 6,000 yards in his career. So I think, uh, you know, that Virginia T tech offense is going to be a little bit more vertical than maybe it was with Braxton Burmeister in the past. So, uh, you know, I think there's a couple teams that are intriguing there. Uh, Virginia gets back Brennan Armstrong, who I think is quietly one of the most talented quarterbacks in the country. Um, I mean, I think he's just an absolute gamer and just makes things really difficult on everyone. So can't really rule out Virginia, despite the fact that they lost a lot of guys to the portal and, you know, added a few here, Cody Brown, Hey, former Miami hurricane running back going to play for the Wahoos over there. Um, so a few teams there, I would probably got my eye on North Carolina over everyone else in the, in the coastal. Yeah, I, I feel the same way, just like based on rosters. Um, I kind of, uh, at least like I have some relief in hosting North Carolina instead of playing at North Carolina. I kind of worry about the Virginia road trip because I know, and a lot of this was during the Al Golden era that kind of skews the numbers, but Miami historically has not fared that well in Charlottesville. So it's one of those things. And I honestly, and we talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago on another Twitter Thursday, that it's one of those things where, I'm expecting Miami to probably win one of the games that they're not supposed to win. Like maybe they'll sneak up on a Texas A&M or a Clemson. I think those will be two games where they will be underdogs, but then they're going to lose a stupid game that they're not supposed to lose. Right. Like they're going to lose to some coastal division opponent that they're favored by six right. and a half, seven points to beat. Like it's, it always seems to go down that way. I mean, that's, that's what Miami's done. Right. I mean, I feel like even last year, you know, you're kind of looking through the schedule and you're like, you know, it was pretty favorable. And it's like kind of like, you know, where, where where are the losses here? You know, like really you're looking through it and it's just like trying to forecast those losses. It's like, I mean, Miami won't lose to Virginia, right? And then it's like Andre's poor gal is kind of slips on that last second field goal. And it's just those unpredictable things where you're just like, wow, okay. So you got to chalk Virginia up into that loss column. And so, yeah, you know, I mean, that, that's been Miami in the past. I think it's kind of have to be one of those prove it things where it's, you know, show us that you can win those games and yeah, the coaching's better. And uh, you know, they've turned over the defense through the transfer portal, all those fun things. But, uh, you know, you, you got to go out there and win those games on Saturdays. And, you know, there's always one of there's there's always a couple of those where, you know, you're not really looking at it, you know, especially now in what mid-May that Miami might could, could drop this one. But, you know, when it comes down to it, you're sitting there at Hard Rock Stadium or in front of your TV and you're like, oh, man, like, you know, this wasn't one I was, you know, kind of penciling in as, as a loss here. And here we are in a, in a, in a really tight one. Yeah, so another cocky Canes fan who reached out to us at Locked on Canes on Twitter, Caden, tweets, Miami has no threat in the ACC, he says. They run the table minus Texas A&M, maybe. But, I mean, come on. Wow. Listen, that would be nice. 11-1 and oh, one regular yeah. season. And then if you're telling me if you're telling me there's no threat in the ACC, period, that means they win the ACC championship game. Uh, I would like a little bit of Caden's Kool-Aid there, Gabby. Oh, I mean, I, I think I would too. Uh, you know, that's definitely some, some optimistic thinking. I think maybe a little more optimistic than, uh, than, than definitely I am, but, uh, you know, I, Hey man, look, this team has a talent. I mean, there's a, for when you have a, when you have a 
first round, a potential first round quarterback, I think that gives you a chance. Um, you know, I like what they've done at a lot of spots, um, you know, with the defense and how, I mean, I think that defense is going to be, I mean, if you, I think you got to go like, you know, Clemson, Miami, when you're talking about top defenses in the ACC, I don't think it's that that's as far as a gap as maybe it would have been a few years ago. You know, I think what they've done in the transfer portal has been awesome, but again, this is a Miami team that maybe has, I feel like on paper has for years and years and years has been better than a lot of these teams and has recruited at a higher level than a lot of these teams and has produced more NFL talent than a lot of these teams. But, you know, on Saturdays, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work out that way. So um, yeah, you know, right now I could see where that optimism comes from. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the games have to be played and, you know, there's, there's a way Miami needs to do things that they haven't done in the past. And then until we see it, I'm not ready to go there. A couple more tweets we received. Uh, VLKV uh, tweeted us a couple things. We'll get to another one that's not related to this topic a little bit later. But he says, UNC, for sure, the only other team I would eyeball in the ACC Coastal. But, uh, and he asked, because I, I guess the way that I phrased the tweet made it sound like the Hurricanes have never won the Coastal. I know that they have. But he says, didn't right. the Canes win the ACC or at least the Coastal and Al Golden forfeited the bowl game because of the Shapiro investigation. Yeah, that did happen. I want to say yeah. that was like, I don't know, 2013, 2014, something like that. Uh, BIX tweets to us. He says, I think Pitt is the easy answer, but I will go UNC. And I think Gabby and I are yeah. kind of in agreement on that one. And guys, when we come back, I want to get into one of the most enticing transfer sagas in college football right now. Uh <laughs> Personally, I don't paint a very optimistic picture about getting this player, but maybe Gabby feels differently about it, my friends. So keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. And guys, make sure you are locked in to betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs. My Miami Heat now just have two more wins to go before they eliminate the Sixers. Major League Baseball season, which is in progress, and this weekend's run to the Roses at the Kentucky Derby. We've got Formula One locally here in Miami as well. And by the way, guys, if you're talking about checking out Bet Online, they have dropped the over-under for Miami Hurricanes football wins for next season. The over-under is eight and a half. I'm thinking I'm going to smash it. I'm thinking I'm going to smash that over under, guys. You can do that at betonline.net. It is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked on Canes your first listen each and every day. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Alex Dono, joined here by Gabby Arudia, who does an awesome job covering the Miami Hurricanes and covering recruiting for 247sports.com. So, uh, Gabby, Miami has hit a number of home runs in the transfer portal. Uh, they may be eyeing a grand slam because Jordan Addison, you mentioned that name, uh, Pittsburgh wide receiver, he is in the portal. Miami, I'm sure, would love to have him, especially after we all saw, you know, those drops in the spring game. He would be, I think, an instant starter on just about any team in the country, Addison, right. uh, wherever he winds up. Heavy competition. Uh, do you think Miami has a shot? Yeah, I, I mean, I think Miami's 
probably going to try. You know, that's kind of been my stance on this the whole time is that, you know, uh, they're look, they're looking for a wide receiver. I mean, they, they want to add some talent out there. I mean, again, it's not every day you kind of run into a guy that could potentially be drafted in the first round at quarterback. You need to surround him with weapons. And, um, you know, I just think over the course of the spring early on, um, I think it started becoming maybe not obvious, but I think that's when sort of, you know, their ears started to perk up a little bit and be like, do we need to address this? And it was never like a certainty until maybe after that spring game where they're just like, okay, like the lights came on, you know, this was live action. This was Tyler Van Dyke throwing up, throwing it up, you know, giving these guys a chance to make big time plays downfield. And it just seemed like no one was able to just take that next step or just come down with some of those balls. And look, man, I mean, that's, that's going to be a focal point of that offense. You need to be able to go vertical. You saw the the benefits of that with Charleston Rambo and Van Dyke last year. And man, there's, there's probably, there's not many better in the country at that than Jordan Addison, um, you know, Belitnikoff award winner, over at Pitt, uh, you know, was catching passes from another first round, a uh, first round quarterback in Kenny Pickett. And, you know, that obviously worked out really well for him. I think I think Miami could be a, a good location, a good spot in terms of how that would, you know, in, how that could potentially, you know, not increase his value because I think he's going to be one of the top receivers in the country next year, um, you know, regardless of where he goes. But, you know, I think it'd be a great opportunity for him to just catch a ton of passes downfield, sort of be the guy again. Um, you know, at an at a you know ACC on another ACC coastal team, um, one that has a chance to compete for the ACC title, just like he did with Pitt last year. And hey, look, I probably would have mentioned Pitt when we're talking about coastal opponents, but I don't know what's going on with Jordan Addison, and if he's not there, I'm not sure if Keaton Slovis has enough to just you know kind of carry it on his own. So I think Jordan Addison's a major piece here. And look, man, Miami would absolutely love to have him. Of course, he was you know working out with Bryce Young out west in California, reportedly uh, USC, obviously has been rumored a ton just you know his relationship with Caleb Williams and you know the of course the the NIL that you need to factor into basically every conversation that you have uh, when talking about college football and recruiting and the transfer portal and all those things so you know a, a, a few really good options out there I do think Miami is one of those spots that could present an opportunity as good if not better than most of the other locations in the country. You're a good person to ask this question because you're you're covering recruiting every day. This is what you do. Uh, and I always try to filter out like the information from the misinformation. Um, so one of the one of the things that I, I've heard said and I've seen written about Jordan Addison, I don't know how anyone would actually know this, but that like he, he just like he wants to leave the ACC, like he wants to go to a different conference if, yeah. if he's going to leave Pittsburgh. Have you heard that? Yeah, I mean, I'm not not really. I again, I wouldn't be super surprised. Like, I don't, I, I could see it being tough for you know a guy with so many options like that to just be like, hey, you know what, I'm gonna go compete against Pitt next right. year. Uh, you know, I'm gonna try to knock off Pitt from getting to the ACC title game. I don't think there's any animosity at Pitt. I don't think it's anything like, oh, I want to leave Pitt. I don't want to be here anymore. I am unhappy. I think it's more of, hey, look, there's opportunity out there, and I can make a lot of money right now. So, you know, I could see that being, you know, kind of a um, kind of like a knock on Miami and just I, and I could I mean, that's definitely a legitimate uh, concern or a legitimate reason why Miami could not be the pick. But um, again, all I know is that they're absolutely going to try. And, you know, I don't put anything past Mario Cristobal, the recruiter. And, uh, you know, what that staff has been able to do. And again, you kind of you kind of just lay everything flat on the table and you say, hey, look, we have a first round quarterback. He is he broke all sorts of ACC records in his first like 
you know, eight starts of his career. He's going to have a huge year and, you know, you can have a huge year right along with him and that you guys can do something special together. So I, I think it's an easy sell. But again, if Jordan Addison just wants to explore his options, like uh, let's say Texas or Alabama or USC or, or Georgia or one of those things, like, I mean, that's, that wouldn't be surprising to me at all. And I would say that's probably more likely at this point. Yeah. And, you know, we, we did an episode on Monday where we talked a lot about how, I mean, obviously Miami's getting a ton of upgrades from infrastructure, coaching staff, yeah. just the amount of money that's being injected into the athletic program. But to me, if Miami's going to compete for an ACC championship, Tyler Van Dyke has to live up to the hype, but that, that has to be the case. And his trajectory looks like he's headed to the moon with the way he finished last season and, you know, with how good of a spring he had. Um, when you read the tea leaves and also consider he is, you know, adapting to a new offense here. And I know sometimes it's not easy for college quarterbacks to change OCs. I can remember how many times Kyle Wright had to do that. Maybe just, yeah. he just maybe wasn't that good anyway. Right. But, you know, we do have to adapt to a new offense. So what's your expectation for Tyler Van Dyke in 2022? Is he going to have any hiccups along the way? Maybe a little bit of a learning curve or is it just going to be straight up? Yeah, I'm not super worried about a learning curve. I'm worried about that just not having that true go-to wide receiver. And I'm not saying that one can't emerge. Um, I'm not saying that there's not a guy talented enough in that receiver room to potentially take that next step. Um, I think the issue is that no one has taken that next step. And hey, look, honestly, this time last year, we weren't talking about Charleston Rambo the way we were talking about him in November last year. You know, um, you know, he's someone that just continued to sort of work, progress, all those types of things. And, you know, eventually, you know, once kind of, you know, Tyler Van Dyke emerged, so did Rambo. So, you know, maybe it could be a situation where they're, where the guy is currently on the roster, but, you know, just hasn't, we, we just haven't really seen it yet. So, I mean, with Tyler Van Dyke, I'm not worried about him not knowing the offense. I'm not worried about him having a new offense to figure out. My thing is just, are the weapons on the outside going to give him the opportunity to put up the numbers that he has the potential to put up? If, you know, they, we, they have a true outside guy who can create that separation, who can make that contested catch in, in the back corner of the end zone, who can come down with those 50-50 balls, uh, you know, when he sort of puts it up there for them to sort of come down with. So um, I, that's where I'm sort of looking. I'm not really looking at Tyler Van Dyke like, uh, I mean, let's see what happens. Maybe it was just he had a big early freshman year and no one really had a scouting report on him. I think it's going to be, is there someone out there that's going to help him elevate and continue to elevate and take that next step with him so um you know i think when you have an arm like that i think again i think you give yourself a chance i think it makes it easier for one of those guys to emerge so i think it's really just about those guys you know just taking advantage i mean i'm looking at a guy like frank ladson and not to compare him to charleston rambo but again similar where spring was maybe not underwhelming but kind of average and then maybe in the fall when the lights come on and you know it's time to sort of roll we see that you know sub 11 speed that he showed off in high school at six foot two six foot three 208 210 pounds and they know he has that body type that could potentially be that sort of outside threat can jacoby george Keyshawn smith those guys that have been around the program for a little bit can those guys take the next step on the outside um i think a lot of tyler van dyke's success is going to be you know dependent on what those guys are able to do give me the scoop uh potential stuff on the class of 2023 well what are some of the the four and five stars that miami's battling for right now that you've been covering yeah, I mean, there's so many. I mean, when you just look around. Just like, music to my ears. Yeah, I mean, really. I mean, they're, they're sort of knee-deep in a lot of these big-time, you know, SEC, Big Ten recruiting battles where, you know, they're going toe-to-toes with the Alabamas, the Texas A&Ms, the Ohio States, 
uh, Oregon's, Georgia's, you know, they, they are all, they're in a ton of these recruiting battles. Clemson's in there. So, I mean, just, uh, I, it's tough to name just a bunch of, I mean, just off the top of my head, I mean, just to sort of talk about the, you know, the type of the quality of talent they're going after. I mean, Anthony Hill, the number one linebacker in the country out of Denton, Texas, um, you know, he is considering, you know, A&M, Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama, uh, father is from South Florida. I think spent some time in Homestead, uh, went to high school in Marathon in the Keys. Uh, you know, Miami has some ties there. They're trying to work through a couple guys locally. Uh, Jalen Brown, the five-star Gulliver Prep, I think is someone that Miami's put themselves in a good yeah. spot with. Uh, Ruben Bain, right down, not right down the street, but right here in, in uh, at Miami Central, defensive lineman who's spent more time at Miami than some of those coaches. Uh, just the amount of time that he's literally just been around the program. Um, he's someone that's big time. Um, gosh, so many dudes. Um, <laughs> We can go. We can go all across the country. I mean, right? You got a right. You got Riley Williams, one of the top tight ends in the country out of Portland, Oregon. Uh, Mario Cristobal signed his older brother. Um, you know, so he played with him at Oregon, and I know Miami has put themselves in a really good spot there. Uh, Jaden Wayne up in the you know Pacific Northwest with uh, over in Washington State. Miami's you know right in the mix there too as well. Um, bunch of guys out here, man. It's it's tough <laughs> to just kind of say. I mean. We're talking about offensive tackles. I mean, going after the top of the like top of the line offensive tackles, Francis Maui Goa, IMG Academy. Oh, uh, yes. I saw I, I was reading about him recently. I yeah. man, I would love to have him. Yeah, I mean, a, a, just a bunch of these guys. I mean, really, like you kind of go through the top of the rankings, and it, there's a good chance Miami's going after a lot of those guys. Uh, well, when we come back, got an interesting uh stadium question from one of our listeners, and I want to talk about that over under eight and a half here. As we continue with Gabby Arudia from InsideTheU.com. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen each and every day. I'm Alex Dono, your host, and we are available free wherever you get your podcasts. So last tweet that I want to read on this episode, and it's another one from VLKV, who was working overtime, okay? Uh, he says, what are Locked On Canes' thoughts on Formula One, which is at Hard Rock Stadium this weekend, and the Hard Rock, uh, Hard Rock Stadium pitching to have FIFA World Cup games, including the final. They're hoping to get the final down in Miami uh, for the 2026 World Cup. Uh, he'd say uh, he says I would keep the Canes at Hard Rock because it's already a top tier venue. Now, Gabby, my thoughts on the stadium situation are very simple. If Ruiz and company can actually bankroll something nearby campus and i know that if they're going to go in they're going to go all in so they're not right. going to say oh yeah we're going to build a stadium we're going to put up some bleachers it'll be fine now like if if they want to make something uniquely for the miami hurricanes i know they're going to go all out and it's going to be a lot closer to campus than hard rock so if if they decide they want to bankroll something around tropical park i think that would be the best solution being closer to campus and having something you can call your own i think that'd be great i hate the idea of joining inter Miami at Miami freedom park, because like sharing a small stadium with an MLS team with a sea of pink seats, just that's not Miami. Right. So right. to me, um, if, if they're not going to bankroll Miami's own stadium somewhere near campus, then I'm totally fine staying at hard rock. But yeah, my top choice would be get your own building. Tropical park area would be number one, staying at hard rock number two. And then a distant third is sharing a stadium with the soccer team. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I, I feel like pretty similar. Uh, you know, if they can get that stadium done at Tropical, I mean, I think that's an absolute win. Um, I don't think it needs to be anything crazy. If you could put, you know, fifty, 
thousand, fifty-five thousand seats in there, sell it out every Saturday. I think that would be big. I like I'm not super anti hard rock either. Yeah. Like I know people kind of I know it maybe just kind of came like kind of became a thing just because the new stadium talk kind of started happening. But look, I mean, Hard Rock, I think, is an awesome venue. You know, uh, it's not Miami's, I guess. So I, that's obviously the big knock. But look, man, you're talking about the type of events that are being held there. I mean, that it's, it's a unique opportunity to play in a in just like a universally a universally recognized recognized stadium. I mean, Hard Rock hosts everything: Super Bowls, national championships, college football playoff games, uh, FIFA World Cup, F one. I mean, that, it's 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 worth tennis. Big. <laughs> tennis, uh, yeah. tennis. I mean, yeah, I'm here for all of it. You know, t- Hard Rock is a stadium is is an event stadium, and you know, I think the University of Miami, if they get really good, are an event. You know that that's a, that's a that's a stadium that they can sell out. We've seen that it's worked. I mean, I think everyone kind of goes back to that twenty. 2017 Notre Dame game. I mean, that was one of the most, like I've been to Miami, Florida state and uh, in Tallahassee, um, you know, haven't been to a ton of other college football venues, but I mean, that 2017 Notre Dame atmosphere was as electric as it gets in college football. I'd imagine, you know, at least to me that I haven't seen a ton in person, but I mean, when it gets going, people are going to show up and it's a good location. Cause a lot of Miami fans aren't, you know, around the school in Coral Gables. Like there's Miami fans from, you know, Orlando that drive down for these games on Saturday. I think it's in a good spot with the Broward County people, with the Palm Beach people that come up, the Dade County people. It's a good, I feel like, central location where, you know, again, a lot of big-time events are made. So I'm not anti-Hard Rock. If you could get your own stadium at Tropical, that is super close to my apartment right now, so I am all for it. Uh, that would be super great for me. I would, again, love it. I went to high school five minutes from Tropical Park. Like, I'm so about it. But, you know, I think it's a I think it's a process. And again, if that if that is best case scenario for me, but I'm I'm a hard rock guy. And then the Freedom Park, I don't know if, enough about it to like really make 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 a decision on how I feel there. But if it's there's a terrible gonna, idea, Gabby. Just it, trust me. It's a terrible. I, I believe idea. you. I believe you. If, if the seats are if the seats are going to be pink, then no, I can't do it. If you kind of if you leave them neutrally colored, like black or whatever, then I can be like, all right. But if it's gonna be, Miami football's going to be playing with pink seat with pink seats all around, I'm just that's that's a no go for me. Yeah, no, totally. Just to put a bow on this conversation, like a big thing. And I'm not a complete expert on this stuff because it's, you know, numbers are not my line of work. But I would imagine it would be very advantageous for Miami if they can get their own stadium built to not have to pay a lease and share the revenue. Like it's 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 better to own. I mean, don't they say this all the time? I know that yeah. the housing market is crazy right now, wow. but people always say, you know, it's 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 better to own than to rent, right? Like it's it's better to have your own real estate in your own spot. So yeah. I think financially it would be better for the university as well. Uh, last thing here is uh, we're joined by Gabby Arudia from InsideTheU.com. Uh, and I encourage everyone to check this out at betonline.net. The over-under is finally out. Eight and a half wins is the number for Miami. What am I missing here, Gabby? Because I thought that it would be actually, you know what? Eight and a half is probably about right. right. They like to do I they like right. to do the point. Yeah, they like to do the point fives and nine and a half would be probably a little high. But right. I think Miami's gonna win 10 games next year. So I'm I'm gonna smash that over because I think, and obviously the, the game by game odds will change, you know, throughout the season, depending on how Miami is playing and how yeah. their opponents are playing. But uh, I would imagine that preseason Miami would only be considered underdogs in the Texas A&M and the Clemson game, and they'd probably be considered a favorite in all the rest of the games that they play this coming year. So I'm I'm smashing the over eight and a half. Yeah, I, I think that's a I think that's a good call. Look, I've been I've been on the eight and four stance for a while now. 
Um, but after some of those transfer moves, you know, just what they've done in the trenches. I mean, I've always, this has been like my take on what they did in the transfer portal, especially on the defensive line. People are like, oh, like defensive line wasn't even the biggest problem. Why did they go get five guys? Well, did you watch what Georgia and Alabama looked like? Did you watch what Texas A&M looked like? Jordan Davis, who went in the first round, played like 50% of the snaps for Georgia. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't on the field every single snap. You need those guys in the trenches and those types of dudes if you want to win in major college football. So after I saw, you know, the additions of Akeem Mesador, of a guy like Darrell Jackson, who, you know, six foot six, 306 pounds, 86 inch wingspan, just freak of nature that they have to sort of, you know, pair up in there as well with Mitchell Agude, Jake Lichtenstein, all those guys. What they've done in the trenches, uh, especially with some of these recent transfer additions, kind of bumped me up to that nine and three range. So that eight and a half is really tricky because I can see it going both ways. But, um, you know, I really, really like what Miami did on defense in the transfer portal. Um, you know, finally got a linebacker after a couple years of wanting a linebacker, yeah. of needing a linebacker in the transfer portal. Uh, the completely different discussion. But, um, you know, I, I can I would probably right now feel comfortable going, taking the over on the on the eight and a half. Make sure you follow this man. Uh, you could see for those watching on YouTube, you could see his handle at Gabby Arudia 24 seven. Make sure you follow him there. And yeah, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. This is only our third episode that's available video as well. Hopefully you've already subscribed to the audio channel. Do that if you haven't already. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And now we are on YouTube as well. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and turn notifications on so you can see the new episodes that come out. Gabby, thank you so much, my friend. And by the way, congratulations, because you you recently announced that you and your wife are expecting that. That is awesome. That thank that you, little that little girl you're going to have, she's she's going to enrich your <laughs> life and also change your life. Yeah, forever. yeah. I feel like she, I feel like she already has. So uh, I'm really, really excited and, and appreciate that, Donna. Yeah, wonderful stuff. So, guys, thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen every day. Now, make your second listen, Locked On ACC. I appeared on Locked On ACC this week, so make sure you check that out. Uh, you get all your ACC news in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.